Trying to be doing that bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Doing that bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. bullshit. Welcome back to BS with Brian Simpson, episode what? 30 something? 30. I mean, I guess I should know that. Who's keeping track? I guess I'm supposed to. Um, I think, let's just say 37. Let's just say 37 just for GP. No, it's, it's 36, right? 35. Okay, well, okay. All right, nobody's perfect. Uh, episode 35. Um, oh, so I'm doing a new thing at the end of the episode where this young this young cat hit me up. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sonny Hayes. He hit me up. He's like, yo, I'm in Japan. Um, I was making a documentary. Uh, we, you know, we made a couple songs. We decided to, to, to turn it into an album. Um, check me out if you fuck with it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And look, man, nine times out of ten, people hit me with music all the time. And nine times out of ten, I don't fuck with it because it's not good. You know, it's not even, because it don't even have to be my cup of tea. You could send me a country song, a polka song, whatever. And if it's well put together, I'm going to listen to it, you know. And if it's got, a, if it's a good song, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I can admit that. Uh, most of the time, people send me music, it's trash. Um, but I do know a lot of great talented artists, but I ain't, I've never met this cat, but he sent me this song, um, and it's dope. And I'm, so I'm a, when, at the end of the episode, I'm going, the, the outro is going to be that song. Okay. And it's going to be the whole song. If you want to check it out. Um, the album comes out on 11, 11, um, Sonny Hayes, sonnyhayesmusic.com. If you want to check out the track is on there for free that, uh, this one track called Royalty. So I'm in the episode with that, sunnyhaysmusic.com. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's dope, but I'll let you hear it at the end. Um, again, I'm going to be so if you get this episode's coming out uh today, the twenty fourth, or maybe it'll be tomorrow. I don't know when depends on when I wake up. Um, so I'm gonna be in San Diego on the twenty fifth of September. That's at Reds in San Diego on the 25th. Um, oh, damn, it's not called Reds anymore. What the, what the hell they call it now? It was Beachwood and the Reds. I think it's called El Prez. Yeah, El Prez. I'm also doing another show on the 26th in San Diego. I, um, I haven't got the details for that, but I'll be down there for that. Then I'm going to be at the Alpine uh, Beer Company on the 27th in Alpine. Or is it the Bruin Company? One of those things. Um... What else? Um, the Hollywood Improv on the 29th uh, at Adrenaline in the lab. And then Good Times Comedy at Carmella's uh, that same evening. Motherfucker, don't change on me, uh, damn website. Um, and then on October 1st, I'm going to be on Neil Brennan and Friends at Westside Comedy Theater at 8, 8 p.m. And then uh, on the second, I'm going to be in Portland. So but by then, a new episode of the podcast will be out so I can give you all the details and shit about that uh, when that time comes. Uh, yes, I was recently on, since the last episode, I was on Lights Out with David Spade. Actually, the day that episode came out, I was on Lights Out with David Spade. 
Um, the clip has been getting a lot of a huge response. That might be what brought some of you motherfuckers here. Um, so I appreciate the love, appreciate the support, appreciate all the positive uh, feedback. Um, again, if you have any questions, this is also an advice podcast, as some of y'all forget. So if you have any questions or comments or things you want advice from me on, I'm not a professional, by the way, you can email me at bswithbryansimpson at gmail.com. BS with Brian Simpson at gmail.com with your questions, concerns. I will block out your name. Um, if you, if you would like, I'll make up a name. Um, I'll, I'll make up a name for every person in your story. If need be, um, you just let me know what level of privacy, uh, you, you need, um, or what level of anonymity, uh, you need. Um, so the big, uh, the big, one of the big stories this week is Takashi Six Nine. Takashi Six Nine is telling on everybody. If you don't know who Takashi Six Nine is, he is uh, you. You may recognize the Rainbow Head rapper. I believe he's Puerto Rican or Mexican from New York City. Um, he made a lot of a lot of whack ass songs. He made a couple of dope songs, um, but they're all basic shit. Um, but you know, the question what it really boils down to is: Is Takashi Six Nine a victim? Here, under these circumstances, because, you know, he testified in federal court recently and, uh, and a lot of people are coming out the world work, calling him a snitch and blah, blah, blah. And he is most definitely a snitch. Right. There's no doubt about that. But what it boils down to is. Um, was snitching the wrong thing for him to do? Um, Cause I ain't one of these people that's like, oh, a motherfucker rob you and you know who did it. You shouldn't say nothing. Why not? You, what you owe that nigga? You know what I mean? It's, it's like some like some people, especially uh, minorities in the hood. Like we we apply this sh- street code to n- people that ain't street niggas. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's like somebody bust your granny in the head with a pipe. What are you supposed to do? Like you like you know it was Charles. You know it was Charles from up the street. You supposed to just let that slide or oh, until one day maybe you have the street power to No. Street niggas don't stitch on each other cause you cause they you supposed to handle your business, your 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 street business in the streets. But people that ain't street niggas don't have the power to do that. You know what I mean? Or the inclination. So um, I mean, I guess that's not even really relevant because Takashi 69 was out here in these streets. At least the, according to him. You know, and um, you know, he was a young kid. He got caught up in the gang shit. Now I'm not sure if he was in the gang, the the the, the Trey Nine Bloods or the what was the Nine Trey Bloods. I'm not sure if he was in the gang and then became a rapper, or if he was one of these guys that became a rapper and then joined the gang. Whatever, whatever. But this gang was involved in all manner of illicit activities. They didn't know they was being watched by the feds. So, so you know, it's like for the feds to be involved, you you know, you got to be doing some real big shit and you got to be sloppy, you know? Because the, because the fact of the matter is, regardless of how careful you, you are, once they know you, once they know who you are, it's a wrap. It's just a matter of them gathering evidence. That's it. Once they know who you are, they coming for your ass. I mean, very rarely. Are you getting off of a fed? If a case make it to trial from the feds, it's going down. No one beats those. You know what I mean? The, 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 you might beat a murder, you know, because that's, believe it or not, that's more black and white. You know, there has to be evidence and that sort of thing. 
But when it comes to those those little crimes of like uh, you know circumstantial shit, like they will they will put your ass away. Like they not federal prosecutors are not going to trial unless they know they're gonna win. You know, I'm, I I don't know what the statistic is, but I'm guessing it's in the ninety percent. You know, you you got very little chance of winning. The deck is completely stacked against you. So so boom. So these guys are being investigated by the feds. So this 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 rapper is the face of this gang, but there's um, and and the leader of the gang is the head of the record label that he signed to, or the, or you know, and they're basically exploiting this kid. They're using his rap career, I don't know, to wash money, to launder money, to um, to make money, and he's all about it. He, you know, but then the feds come to him and tell him um, that that a time that he got jumped and robbed and got his chain stolen. That it was actually them. It was actually his gang that robbed him. And the feds come to him and show him evidence that uh, his own his own gang is plotting to kill him. Right now, all of them are facing years and years and years in prison, and because he, because of him being so visible and vocal, he's facing the most time. He's facing, I think it was 17 years or something in prison. You know, now, now you know, I got people in prison. Hey, shout out Danny, my little bro is in prison. And he gone for a minute. You know what I mean? I want to say it, I want to say it's 17 years. He's been, I mean, he's been gone for about 10. You know what I mean? And so it, it's wild for, you know, so it's like you, you, a lot of people are giving Takashi 69 shit, like calling them a stitch, blah, blah, blah. But like the vast majority of those people would stitch too. I mean, look, bro, pr- prison is full of a lot of people that were snitched on by street niggas. So I, I don't buy all that. Like when people be talking that gangsta, because look, man, and I just learned this just from life in general. Very few people have honor. Very few people take pride in in being a man of their word and all of that shit. That 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 that's it's it's so rare. It's it, it's for you to honestly believe that this motherfucker's out here adhering to that code. You're delusional. For you to actually expect a person to not snitch on you when they're facing, you know, uh, fifteen years in prison or whatever. You're you're. It's something wrong with you. You have to operate on the assumption that everyone will snitch on you. Period. And maybe that's what they were. Maybe that's what they was plotting to kill his ass. <laughs> you know, because all of them kept quiet, supposedly. I don't know, because he's the most high profile person. So he's the one everyone keeps talking about. But yeah, he testified against everybody. And, you know, and and while I can't wholeheartedly condone snitching, because it's like you out there living that life. And yeah, it is fucked up and it is against the code. But I'm not surprised. I'm not blown away by it. I mean, <laughs> these niggas was about to betray him. And maybe that's just an excuse. Maybe he would have told anyway. You know, I think most people would have. Most street niggas would have. Would have just told. You know what I mean? It's like, because uh, it's just simple math. It's that life math, you know? And and I don't know if y'all know this, but like, I'm I'm obsessed with... Uh, there's a couple YouTube channels where it's prison with people that have gotten out of prison and they form these YouTube channels, these motivated. 
And the thing is, most of them are just like prison stories, you know, or answering questions about prison. But there's this one in particular, this dude, Wes Watson, right? And this motherfucker is, he's on some like motivational shit, like don't go to prison. Like he does all the same thing. He tells all these, he, he makes a point, tells a story to reinforce that point, And the end lesson is always don't go to prison. You're not hard enough. You know what I mean? Because he's a scary looking motherfucker. And he's like, I cried sometimes in there. You ain't hard enough. And and it, it, and I'm telling you, like, if you just watch a couple of this dude's videos, like, you just trust me, bro. You're not. You're not. You can't handle it. Stop talking. Because th- this is what I, I don't like how, I don't like how, like, a lot of times minorities, especially from the hood, we're expected to be street niggas. We're expected to act like that and talk like that and and, and, and live like that. It's like built in for your ass to go to prison. It's like you ain't built like that, fam. You're just not. Like when you like the constant danger, the constant violence, the constant control over your every movement and everything outside of that gotta be sneakily done and all that. You know? The slightest bit of thing, and then you and then you further lose freedom. So you already lost your freedom. And then you you break a little rule or you get on the wrong side of a guard, and like or you get on the wrong side of a shot caller, and you further lose your freedom or your life. And you gotta deal with that for years and 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 years. Fuck that. You ain't built like that. So I guess what I'm saying is. Yeah, um, I disagree with the snitching. I'm not surprised by it. I need you fake, uh, you fake uh, old Merita street niggas to shut the fuck up, cause you would have done the same thing. All these things are true. And speaking, <laughs> and speaking of bizarre, uh, bizarre actions by people, um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is a wide receiver or was actually a wide receiver in the National Football League. Um, A privilege, if you ask some. He was actually one of the best in the league. Some say the best. Some say one of the best of all time. Um, And I don't know what's wrong with this nigga because he, he is... I don't know if he's just one of these dumb motherfuckers or if he is having some sort of mental health crisis. Because that's the thing, man. When you're rich, when you're rich or even when you're perceived to be rich or successful, motherfuckers won't check you. You'll be surrounded by people that'll just let you do self-destructive shit. They'll let you do all the drugs. They'll let you fucking, you know, eat all of the fried food. Like, they'll let you kill yourself. Because they so scared, it, 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 a lot of it has to do with the, the, our worship of, of fame in this country. It's, some people are so enamored with fame that they'll settle for the proximity to fame. They just want to be in, in the orbit of fame because that's as close as they'll ever get. And and then and when they so when they get close to a famous person, they're so afraid to lose that orbit. They're so afraid to be to to not be in that shadow that they that they're scared to check you. 
And, and the thing is, that's how you know a motherfucker don't love you. Somebody that love you will check your ass. You know what I'm saying? It, it, sometimes people are checking you because they care about you. It ain't because they trying to disrespect you. It's because you need, they telling you some shit you need to hear. And, and Antonio Brown is clearly either surrounded by people that won't check him or he's uncheckable. Because there's people like that too. They just cannot. They, they're, they're, they're giant children. You know, um, and he, this dude's just self-destructive. So this dude was, he was in Pittsburgh. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, apparently he was a very quiet, humble dude. He was a late round draft pick. Then started showing out, had a breakout season. Boom, 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 boom. Became one of the best. He wanted a, he wanted guaranteed money, you know, cause the, the, uh, unlike the, Unlike the the NBA or the uh, the Major League Baseball, um, NFL contracts are not guaranteed. So in the NFL, in the, in the so in the NBA, for instance, if you sign a contract for for thirty million dollars, that team owes you thirty million dollars no matter what. You know, there's a few exceptions, but they gotta pay you all that money. You know what I mean? And if they tra- if you move to a new team, that new team gotta pick up the pick up the tab or you or make some kind of work some out some kind of deal with your old team where they got to pick out the tab, right? Uh the NFL players don't quite have that much power. You know, so you, sometimes you hear about an NFL player getting a big contract and it's oh, uh you know, 5 years, 60 million dollars. Right? But but in reality, they're only going to see 10 million dollars because 5 million is guaranteed. Well, actually if you see a contract that big, it's going to be more than 5 million guaranteed. But just for the sake of argument, Five million is guaranteed, and that's it. You know, everything else is, you know, these owners, the NFL owners can cut you at the drop of a dime and not owe you nothing so long as they do it before a certain date. You know, it is all kind of stipulations and shit. But the, but the truth of the matter is, you're not going to see that whole $60 million. The, the contract don't mean shit. Not on the play, not on the on the owner's part. They can void that shit in the, at a heartbeat. Um, so Antonio Brown wanted his guaranteed money. Um, because that's the only safety net they have. He's one of the best, blah, 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 blah. And I was on his side up, you know, up to that point. And Pittsburgh didn't want to give it to him. So, you know, he, you know, he trashed his quarterback, trashed his coach, trashed his way out of town. They sent him to the Oakland Raiders. Before the season even started, he wasn't showing up to the workouts and all of that stuff that you're supposed to do in the offseason. And, you know, he was just being a diva all on social media with it, you know, and then he fucked up and um, he got into a cryo, one of those tanks that's supposed to like treat you with cold, but he had on the wrong footwear and he got frostbite on the bottom of his feet, which is, you know, as a, you know, when you use your feet for a living, that ain't a good thing. But like, again, how fucking dumb are you, right? Like who is around you, bro? Who is around you? Why aren't your feet insured, my nigga? Anyway, so he doesn't make it to the offseason. He doesn't realize that there's language in his in the um, in the collective bargaining bargaining agreement that basically if he misses all of you know if he misses a certain percentage of offseason activities, then the team could void his guaranteed money, which is the whole reason he made all this money so he could get into Oakland in the first place. So he gets a letter from the team warning him about this. You know, he's going to get fined for missing, you know, stuff. And also, 
you know, if it keeps up, they can void his guaranteed money. So he loses his mind. He's got to be held back from punching the GM in the face. And it's like, the NFL don't play that shit, bro. You know? And um, so he ends up getting released. He gets picked up by the New England Patriots of all fucking teams, the evil empire. So now, between these time, between him leaving Oakland and going to the NF, to the New England Patriots, this this motherfucker, um, he gets accused of um, sexual assault by a woman who uh, was hired as his one of his personal trainers. Right, he went to school with her. Blah blah blah. blah. Now listen. Now this is where he pisses me off. Right, is because when this, despite all of his antics and shit, I did not believe this woman. You know. Matter of fact, I'm still kind of fishy on it, to be honest with you. Um, because the her recount, her recount of their relationship seems like they were in a relationship, but she but she was saying that, you know, it was never really it was never a a, a, a sexual relationship. It he raped her multiple times, and she continued. The professional relationship, despite that, and just some of the things holes in the story, whatever. It's like, but you know, but but that's how everybody felt. I, I I'm thinking because the New England Patriots picked him up. The NFL did not, because the NFL also has the power. Like if you're doing something that can embarrass the league, they can just deactivate you. They can just make it so you can't play. Right? You still get paid, but you can't play. Uh, until they get to the bottom of it. So but the NFL did not choose to use that power. The New England Patriots did not choose to sit him down either. And um, and so a lot of people were like, you know, felt that way. But then there's a second accuser. And this is where, you know, th- there's a second accuser. And this fucking idiot is threatening this lady over text messages. Like he pictures of her family he's telling people to dig up dirt on her you know he's talking shit to this lady and she's a potential witness in his, in the case with the first lady because the, the first lady is not a criminal case she's suing him it's a it's a civil case and this other lady is a potential witness and look you can't do that you can't threaten people out of testifying you know what i mean even if they finna lie you, you know your job is to, to disprove the lie you know not to and so that right there got him released. So now this motherfucker went from no guaranteed money to $30 million guaranteed to, to and threw that away to $9 million guaranteed and threw that away because he couldn't stop. Fuck. Like, he if he, so he was on the Patriots for, I want to say, two weeks. If he, if he had made it to Monday, if he'd made it to yesterday, he would have got $9 million. You feel me? He fucked up on Friday or Thursday. If he'd have made it to Monday, he'd have got $9 million, guaranteed. But his ego, his something, this nigga's unraveling or something. But this just makes me feel like, it's like he wasn't even worth defending in the first place. You know, it's like, let's just say for the sake of argument, both of these women, are making all this shit up. They they conspiring against each other to destroy this man or whatever. Which is what he would have you believe. 
You deserve it, you stupid motherfucker. There's a stupid tax. There's a stupid tax that you have to pay. You know what I mean? Um, very similar to the Shane Gillis dude. It's like, you know, dude, maybe you're racist, maybe you aren't. I, and I and, and, and the update from last week's episode, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot more comedians about it. And some people say Shane Gillis is actually a really good guy, really funny guy. Some people say otherwise. And, um, you know, so that's a wash, right? Uh, you know, I think if you're in this business long enough, there's going to be people that hate you. There's going to be people that not. But the truth of the matter is, my nigga, you were casually, it's, it's, you, you were on a podcast and I get that. You're a comedian and I get that. But you weren't joking or being funny. You were just casually using the word chinks as your word for Asian people. You know what I mean? Which is like, it's 2019. Like, how's your vocabulary? Like, why is that your go-to term for Asians? People don't even say that anymore. It's like you had to practice that to like to get yourself in the habit of that. It's like, yeah, you're stupid. You, you, and then I don't understand. This is another thing I don't understand. Why does everyone always hide behind like, I'm just a comedian? I'm like, bro, the, what, your, your position is not defensible. Cause I'm look, I always got a comedian's back, like nine times out of ten. But it's like it's to the point where it's like it's certain shit that like I can't have your back. Like you you made it so hard to defend you that like I want to I wanna be on the side of the comic in general. But it's certain shit. Like you ever have a friend that like you gotta stop going out with them because you know, as a matter of pride, as a matter of honor, you got to have your friend back. But this friend don't know how to stay out of shit. You know, and they get to the point where it's like, I can't fuck what you do. Mm. You know, like, I can't, I can't fuck what you do. It's like, because cause, cause ideally, I got your back if somebody fuck with you. But then you out here starting shit. You know what I'm saying? You out here starting shit with uh with that group of Mike Tysons over there. You know what I mean? It's like why? So I either gotta be a bad friend or not be with your ass when you doing stupid shit. You know that's how I feel about some comics where it's like, bro, you out here courting controversy. I mean, and for what? Like honestly, it's it's because comedians have to take risks, but we're taking risks for jokes. For laughs, you know we're not ju- we're not not just because we're not just willy. I mean, at least I'm not just willy nilly trying to say offensive shit. I'm trying to see what's funny, you know. And so it's like if you ain't even trying to get a laugh, you just saying offensive shit just because you can't. It's like it's like you know how many comedians I've seen at open mics and shit. You know, it happens all the time with with uh, with white comics mostly, where they'll write a joke. Just so they can say nigga. You know what I mean? Like the joke, like you, like when you listen to the joke and just break it down, it's like all of that was just in service of saying nigga. Now, it, that's not the same thing as saying nigga to get a laugh. You know, it's like, it's like if it's necessary for the funny, um, you might, you, it, it'll slide for the most part. Most people will let it slide. But some, but it's like if you're writing a joke so you can say some racist shit, I'm not okay with that. You know, I mean, I, and I'm not gonna fight you, nigga. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend you either, cause you gonna get smoke. You know, 
I ain't never met the dude. I hope uh, I hope it all works out. But and also losing Saturday Night Live is not like that big of a deal. Come on. Um, I guess that's easy for me to say. Uh, that's probably the biggest day of his life. In it. <laughs> that's fucked up, bro. They ain't even get that man 24 hours. <laughs> and who was the... Again, again, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but who was the motherfucker that, that did all that research? How did you go back and find every pocket? You must have been holding on. Like, he must have did something to this motherfucker. You know what I mean? He must have did something to this dude. Because... How do you just write it to ready as soon as they announce it? How do you got that shit ready? Here's every episode he's ever been on, every podcast he's ever been on, here's every offensive thing he's ever. It's like you you have to you had to have listened to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. You know how many podcasts I've been a guest on? I mean, you 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 probably be out there, you probably you probably have to listen to like 24 hours worth of audio. More than that. Because if you if you include my episodes of my podcasts that I've made over the years. Shit, you probably had to listen to like forty-eight hours worth, of, <laughs> worth of, worth a. Uh, no, it's got to be more than that because this is these are usually about an averaging about an hour, and I'm already on. Damn, I already forgot. I'm already on thirty-five right now. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the Shane Gillis guy. I, I don't know about the about people that feel like they have to defend. You know, um, moving on to like silly, sillier shit. Let's see, dumb, dumbass headlines. Okay, I've been see, I've been hearing about this, but I ain't read the article yet. Man drowns. This is from BBC News. Man drowns during underwater marriage proposal. Ugh, what's the BBC? Let's hope he's British. An American man. God damn it, has drowned while proposing to his girlfriend underwater on holiday in Tanzania. Um, she was a sister. There's going to be some people happy about that. And I'm not one of those people, but, but <laughs> there's some Afrocentric people that are just like, yeah, what could white devil <laughs> proposal to that sister? No, uh, Steven Weber and his girlfriend, Kanisha Antoine, were staying in a submerged cabin at the Manta Resort off Pimba Island. So this, so that's an underwater cabin. Footage shows Mr. Weber diving underwater to ask Miss Antoine to marry him. In the video, he presses a handwritten proposal note against the cabin window. Uh, Mr. Antoine confirming Mr. Weber's death in the Facebook post said he never emerged from those depths. So, okay, so they're in an underground cab, uh, underwater cabin. He dives from the surface to propose from the outside of that, that cabin. And then she never seen him again. But they still didn't go. They they haven't. They don't say how though. You know, I thought there was like some kind of crack in the glass. Oh no, this is tragic as fuck. You don't want to see this picture. Oh no, Lord Jesus. But they don't say how he drowned. Like what went wrong? Oh, he just had on a mask and fins, but he must have ran out of breath. The note read, "Oh, this is gonna make some. This is gonna make some some vaginas moist out here." So he so he dives down with no with no no oxygen tank, and he holds a note up, and the note says, "I can't hold my breath long enough to tell you everything I love about you, 
But everything I love about you, oh, but everything I love about you, I love more every day. Ooh, that's cold. Mr. Weber turns over the sheet of paper to reveal the proposal before pulling an engagement ring from his shorts and swimming out of view. But when they're, um, uh, the staff then responded to a, quote, problem in the water. But when they arrived, absolutely nothing could be done. So, yeah, that's, uh, damn, that's sad. That's fucking real sad. I, I thought it was going to be something silly uh, <laughs> to, like, lighten the mood from all the snitching and the raping and the... Uh, uh, let's try to find something funny. Pair of under underwear belonging to Eva Braun sell at auction for more than forty six hundred dollars. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Who is Eva Braun? This is so dumb that <laughs> I have to see. Oh, Hitler's girlfriend. That's right. I was like that name sounds familiar, but I, I, I kept picturing Eva Longoria. Holy shit. What in the fuck do you want with them old ass drawers? Come on, bruh. A pair of drawers. Okay, a pair of underpants that belong to Eva Braun, the wife of Nazi leader Adolf Hitler, has been sold by a British auction house for more than $4,600. The BBC reported that an anonymous phone bidder purchased the pink silk underwear which bears Braun's initials and was auctioned off by Humbert and Ellis auctioneers in Towchester, England for 3,700 £3, pounds, 46.14. Other items sold from, no, fuck all that. We, oh, and these motherfuckers weren't even, oh, they were clean. Okay, they were clean. Um, by the way, they call draws knickers over there. Um, they call draws knickers. K-N-I-C-K. E-R-S, like Snickers. I don't know why. Um, but Braun, uh, uh, what are you doing with these draws? Like, what is the, what, what are you doing with these draws, bro? They belong to an old lady. She's, those, okay, this lady's so old, she wouldn't even be alive right now. If she, if she hadn't died with Hitler in the bunker, she wouldn't even be alive right now. She'd be dead by now. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's why that's why I can't watch vintage porn. You know what I mean? Because that person is an old lady now that you wouldn't fuck. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You got to be careful with that vintage porn. You know what I mean? Think about there's a small chance. There's a small chance that could be your grandma or something. You know? You don't know what she used to look like. What are you doing with, with, with Ava Braun's draws? It ain't even no good pictures of this lady. What are you going to do with those? Who are those valuable to? And how you even know they really belong to her? Is it DNA in them joints? How do you even know they really hurt? Man, people are fucking crazy. Because look, it's weird enough to buy draws from a person that's a, that's like alive now that you know, you know, some young cute girl on the internet. Like a lot of those, a lot of girls on the internet sell their draws. You feel me? A lot of women on the internet sell their fucking underwear. You know, 
but uh, you know, and and I, I don't even really, I don't get that. I don't get that. But I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna kink shame nobody. If you, you want to sniff draws, that's fine. If you want to sniff draws from a person that you seen on the internet, that's fine. But this lady's dead. This lady's dead. What you want to sniff her drawers for? And why am I assuming that they buying them to sniff them? What the fuck else are you buying them for? You know what I mean? What, are you, what the fuck else are you buying them for? You just paid my bills for a couple months. You could have paid my bills for a couple months for the amount of money that you paid for one pair of drawers because they belong to Hitler's girl. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe they, maybe they're gonna try to clone that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we, <laughs> we get some Ava Braun clones and we can like tame every dictator. But she probably put the battery in his back. You know, I mean, if you ask him, maybe he'd be like, "Yo, I couldn't have done none of this without her." I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Jackie O could make a killer right now. <laughs> Yo, we so nasty. We nasty as a damn species. Uh, the man drowned over the water. Woman arrested after Bakersfield police find six grand in stolen quarters in her baby stroller. What? How do you even get caught with that? Two, two Bakersfield police department detectives saw a woman struggling to push a baby stroller. They went to check her welfare and discovered the stroller didn't contain a child, but instead held over $6,000 in coins taken in a burglary. How fucking stupid are you, lady? How much that weigh? Can we find that out? She's been held on $65,000 bail. She ain't got it. The bitch stole fucking quarters. She stole... <laughs> Yeah, why? Come on, man. This reporting is bullshit, bro. Like, why is it telling us how much this weigh? You know that's a question. Did everybody have? I can't find that information. But that's something I want to know for some reason. $64,000 in quarters. Again, see? Stupid tax. Like, I feel for this lady. She probably so poor. You know? She, you know, does she feel like she got to steal? But how fucking dumb can you be? How greedy can you be? I mean, $64,000 worth of quarters. I mean, she had like six big ass plastic bags of quarters. Like, you could have just stole one of those and been good. How many bags is in this picture? Hold on. She, there's a, let me see. One, two, three, four, maybe five, six bags of quarters. So you th you divide that up, you can get you could have got twelve grand if you'd have been fucking humble, bitch. Did I do that math right? You could have you could have had twelve grand if you'd have been humble. Now twelve grand can't solve your problems. You got problems that the twenty the sixty four grand ain't gonna help you with either. You know. So I you know, but that's I guess that's a, I've always noticed this. I've always noticed this. The people. The people that are smart enough to actually consistently get away with crimes are usually smart enough to not do crimes. You know what I mean? Like they're smart enough where they could they know they could make that money doing something else. You know? 
and it, and and that's why it's, that's why being a half smart nigga is so dangerous because uh, it's so many prison is full of a prison is full of motherfuckers that I was just smart enough to pull off a crime, but not smart enough or disciplined enough to actually get away with it. You know, sometimes it's just brazen enough. You know. It's plenty of people sitting in jail where if they had just slowed down, if they had just took a beat and planned the murder, they'd have got away with it. But they flip, they flew off the handle and beat somebody to death, and now they're sitting in prison. You know, it's people like this where it's like, bitch, if you had taken one or two bags of quarters, you'd have got away with it. But you had to have six, seven bags of quarters, and now you're sitting in jail with more of a bond than what the fuck you, the, the money you stole. They basically saying fuck you, no bail, because you needed it. You if you stole that much money, if you stole sixty four hundred dollars worth of quarters, and your bond is sixty five thousand dollars, then you you know they know you got to come up with ten percent of that. Ooh, that's some sweet poetic. That's funny right there. <laughs> you know they make they make it so. Oh, this money you needed, well now it's gonna cost you that much money to get out of jail. So we know you don't got it. Oh, that's cold. Some judge up there got a sick sense of humor. But that's fucking greedy, bitch. Yeah, man, that's depressing. None, you know what? Now that I think about it, none of the stories I pulled up for the day, none of them are... are like, they, they, some of them are funny, <laughs> but, they, but they're so sad. Like, look at this. Derbyshire thug. This is from the Derbyshire Times. I'm guessing that's somewhere in... The UK. Derbyshire thug attacked his partner over psychic predictions. <laughs> okay, that's actually funny to me. She, no, but she didn't die. She, or I, Well, I'm assuming the sexes of these people. I don't know which one was the psychic. Um, but a, <laughs> a thug who attacked his partner after a row, I think that means a fight. Uh, about a psychic's predictions has been given a two-year restraining order. Chesterfield Magistrates Court held on September 23rd how Daniel Scott, 33, pushed his partner off a bed and threw a linen basket at her after they had a row (laughs) concerning a psychic's predictions that Scott's partner was going to have a baby. Okay, so it wasn't one of them um being a psychic. I, I misread the headline. It didn't say psychic predictions. It said psychics predictions. So she went to a psychic. The psychic told her they was going to have a baby. He lost his mind. So this wasn't even really about the psychic shit. You know? Um, there have been previous call-outs during a relationship. Yeah, this is just an abusive relationship that they fucking... Added the psychic shit too to get me to click on that headline, and I feel betrayed. How could you do this to me again, internet? Um, yeah, that's enough for tonight. Uh, again, stay tuned for um, for uh, at the end. Uh, SunnyHaze.com. Check out Sunny Hayes. The track is called Royalty. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Royalty. Your blood come from the king. Royalty. My blood come from the king. Ain't like
like I'm bragging, I'm living my truth and I'm sorry for how I be leaving the booth. Keep my family fed with these rhymes in my head. I be stalking these beats when you find them, they dead and I fled only traces of vocals. Only traces the vocals. Give me what's mine or I'm coming to get it. Don't wish no one ill, but I'm sick, don't forget it. I said it, I live it. They switch like a pivot. I want it, I get it. My shine is ridiculous. This jewelry is looking like stars. This jewelry is looking like stars. Royalty. My blood come from the king. Royalty. Your blood come from the king. Like a lighter flicking his fire my passion it burns once up till i retire i'm getting it giving it just how i'm living it ain't no more losses it licks and we splitting it watch how you talking to me it could get dark like we're inside a coffin to be money is coming but i want the wealth don't let the struggle take over your health don't let the hustle take over your health your blood come from the king Royalty, your blood come from the king. Royalty, my blood come from the king.